This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. We're gonna we're gonna double dip here, man. We're at smashing grapes, having a day drinking in the afternoon. We'll say with yeah. uh, George Young from DCMDVA Weather. How are you? Doing great. How are you, John? Good. Last time we met together in person, recording one of these things, you were DMV weather, but now you're DCMD. D- but now you're DCMDVA weather. Yeah, that's it. You know, just a, a little bit of a, a logical transition to to twofold, right? Just spell out the, the, the region a little more clearly and a, a kind of uh, conscious effort to get away from Department of Motor Vehicles, even though more and more I see it on, you know, network TV and Washington Post. Any any place you look now, you see DMV as the reference to the region more and more. So I had that in mind three or four years ago when I started and so I guess I'm, I'm trying to have both sides of the, the fence. I do that too. I mean, you know, it was, uh, you know, DMV was, has always been sort of the Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. Right. Yep. And as you can hear from the background, we are right here off of Jennifer Road at yeah. Smashing Grapes or the fire trucks or the firehouse is just down the road. Um, but we are here in early November and yep. we wanted to, I guess we're not early November. Mid-November. Are we? We're yeah. mid-November. Um, you've been lucky so far. You haven't had snow, so I can't say anything but what we wanted to talk about the weather and uh, i mean 2020 has been a very weird year i've heard there's a currently we're looking at a possible category five hurricane landing there called iota so yeah. we've gone through the alphabet and now we're into yeah. the greek alphabet deep into the greek alphabet actually theta was no- named after iota's way out in the atlantic to do nothing and i just checked before we started uh, maybe 15 minutes ago, and Iota is a Category 5, 160 miles per hour, and is going to make landfall northeastern Nicaragua, I think, right around the same place that Eta made landfall two weeks ago as a Category 4. So uh, it's a record-breaking year in terms of number of name systems and number of landfalling this, and, you know, it's just widespread. I had heard that, and we still got another 15 days to go before it's ended, but I'd, I'd heard a news report this morning that they said that they had to evacuate a lot of the areas in Nicaragua by boat because the bridges were torn out by ETA. Yeah, you know, a lot Ada? of damage. ETA? Yeah, Ada? a lot of uh, damage from the first one, and uh, you know, this one is much bigger and, and, and better. It's just uh, ramped up a little bit, and so but the damage could be exponential and, you know, precedent was set, I think, late 90s, Hurricane Mitch in that region. You know, you, you get a lot of landslides. It quickly goes from oceanfront to mountainous terrain. And when you mix that with a tropical system, especially a Category 5, the outcome's bad, right? And in, with Mitch, it was, you know, ten or 20,000 people died just from that one yeah. storm. And, and that's, that's the fear here is this is hours away from landfall, mid-November in a record-breaking year back-to-back storms for that place so you know it's uh hopefully it's the last one or again obviously the the one after it was already named and dissipated right. but you know technically as you said referenced uh, the end of november is the end of hurricane season but they can form whenever and hey if we have a warming climate that that typically uh means the seasons are longer we're seeing them develop earlier more regularly and, and wouldn't surprise me to see if they d- develop more into december wow now does that that, that one doesn't have any real impact on us it doesn't, doesn't, you know, really, because we are generally downstream uh, uh, of where the weather comes from, which is to our west, right? So for for everything, we, we generally look south and we look west. Obviously, tropical systems can move east to west because they get caught up in kind of the westerlies along the, the equator. So that's how they come off uh, a lot of times off the coast of Africa and, and move east to west, which are, are 
typical systems do not. Right. But they get caught up in the trade winds, the steering currents, and, and that's how they move, or or they form in the Gulf and get picked up in some form or fashion. And and so that's why we see typically uh, storms, a lot of times, if they move toward the East Coast, they usually get kicked out to sea before they impact us here. But we generally, for our winter outlook, you know, winter weather, we're looking to the south and to the west. You know, what's coming from the Pacific? How will it interact with the landmass of North America? And then will it dive south and really... Anything that's uh, south of us is, is where we get our real snow. It, it brings more moisture and, and allows for colder air to come in from the north. And, and where the two meet, you, you get our big storms. We can have a little Alberta clipper, low pressure come down from the Alberta province of Canada. But that's always a quick hitter with low moisture. It's like one to two inches. And we saw a bunch of that a couple of seasons ago. Last year, we saw practically nothing, you know, less than a couple of inches. Well, what in, um, we're here in 2020, the year of COVID. Um, where the year can best be described as just a shit show. Um, what, what's, do you have any idea what's in store for us for uh, the winter, even though I know that we're only going to have pretty much a month of, not even a month of winter yeah. uh, in 2020, yeah, right. yeah. technically. but That's right. In 2020, I mean, it's uh, we always look for what's going on with the Oh, the this Pacific. is cool. Here comes right. soup our, our and a salad. Arrived, a prepared soup, salad as well. Thank you. You know, so so last year we uh, we forecasted a lower than you know average snowfall, and it was correct and and sunk and to the extreme. I, we didn't really think it would be two inches or whatever it turned out to be, but we kind of thought maybe ten inches and or eight to ten, and it was super low. But the conditions were generally kind of neutral, meaning there was not. You, you always look for. Uh, either El Nino, something that's established, or La Nina, right? And El Nino tends to match up. That's a warmer than average eastern Pacific. And if that's the case, then we see a lot of snowfall in those years, typically, not 100% of the time. Right. And then for the opposite, if we see La, Ni- La Nina, which is cooler waters in the eastern Pacific, then we tend to get warmer and wetter winters. How much worse could it be than last winter in terms of snowfall, right? And sure. last year was a neutral year. There was nothing that pronounced one way or the other. This year, it's already been established as a very uh, identifiable and significant La Nina year. So the general outlook because of that is warmer and wetter. We, we, we don't think that there's going to be much to it, you know. But the, the reality is to the uh, any, any snowfall forecast, I mean, Nothing outside of a week is, is predictable. An outlook can be some general indicators, but we have to go by all the variables here in November. And so, you know, get right to it early here in the, the recording. It's uh, it's going to be probably a, a less than below average kind of snowfall winter if we see eight or 10 inches. That, that's probably generally what we're expecting. A little bit west of uh, D.C., always that dividing line you know uh, i-95 and so damn it george this is my third year saying that i want like 30 40 50 inches of snow through a season i, I want to get dumped on here I, I i miss that this is i think our fourth winter outlook we started in 2017 yeah. and, and we have not really had a ton of snow since the, the biggest last big snowstorm was january 2016 before we started doing and, this. and last year i bought new boots Go figure. Didn't get a chance to didn't get a chance to use them at all. You know, if they still fit, you're you're in good shape. Uh, <laughs> you might not break them in too much this year, but there's no real indicator. I mean, there's been a ton of high pressure in the Atlantic that uh, has just fueled a bunch of moisture uh, along the East Coast. We are not at all in a drought situation. There's been plenty of rainfall this year, but that doesn't 
necessarily equate to snowfall if, if the temps are too right. warm in the wintertime, but we're 5 to 15 or 20 inches above normal, depending on what measuring station you look at already for right. 2020, which means we'll probably end up, you know, 8 to 15 or 20 inches above normal. So it's been a pretty rainy year. Right. I mean, look at what happened last night. I mean, there was a cold front that came through and kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. certainly was unexpected to me. I got my uh, 90, 90 alerts from the county. There was an instant line of severe storms, and for 10 minutes, it, it had a, a kind of a cool, is this a, a derecho kind of moment? You know, the wind really picked up. It was 40 to 50 miles per hour for about 10 minutes, and then it just moved right. through the standard kind of gust front that we look for in this region and not some crazy event. But, um, you know, to, to have severe storms like that or a severe line pop up in mid-November, just just not the the, the, the norm. So... Really, on the whole, you know, whether you are a big believer in, in climate change or not, I mean, the, the, the reality is pretty simple to identify. There, there's just more moisture in the air. So temps might be that much warmer where air holds a little more moisture. We're seeing wetter and wetter years. We're seeing a lot more instances of rainfall events of one inch or greater and even two inches or greater. I think we've had a couple of two inches or greater three or four times since probably the beginning of October. And that, that is not at all the norm. I mean, we usually get those big events from thunderstorms in the summertime, and now we're getting them from just rain events, you know, that just are prolonged. Go figure. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we take a quick break? We'll eat some of this great food here. Again, we're at Smashing Grapes. If you haven't been here, it's a new place that's opened up in the old Green Turtle. And um, I've been here twice and uh, haven't been disappointed. So if you're listening to this and haven't been here, come on out. We're sitting here by a fire pit that is our table, too. So we'll be back in a minute. Okay, that hit the spot. How was your soup? Ah, uh, it was great. <laughs> Chicken tortilla hit the spot. Fireside outdoor seating. Do that menu. Let me just do it. Yeah. I, and the menu menu's got some really interesting stuff there. I mean, the wine the wine list is significant. But um, chicken tortilla soup. They've got um, shishito peppers, steak au poivre. I probably need to try that sometime. And I'm looking here, and it's all like locally sourced. So. Good on James King and everybody that uh, is involved with uh, Smashing Grapes. That's right. You just had a salad, and I just happened to notice there was nothing left on your plate. No, it wasn't. It was good. In it seven good. minutes or less. That's because I'm on a keto diet. It looked good. I'm trying trying to drop some, drop some pounds. And... So, winter, you don't think, look, um, you don't see any real big, huge winter things coming down the nothing pike. stands out in november you know that is like hey this is a, a good indication i mean we've had uh no real east coast snow so far you know sometimes easily in the first half of november it hasn't really happened there's been a little lake effect snow but you've seen uh, a blizzard in montana last week standard you know that's that could happen in september or october so november no big deal um, anything can happen anytime it seems in Denver. So they had uh, that event sometime in September. I think it was September, maybe October, where they went from 100 degrees one day to oh, to several inches of snow or more. Like two days later, it was an incredible temperature drop and and you know change in. Uh, I mean, imagine going from 100 to snow. So, but that's Colorado, right? I think it has some of the the biggest swings of anything. Uh, in the country that down into kind of the panhandle of Texas, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago was at one point in one day, it was literally like four degrees in the panhandle and 102 
southeastern Texas, so to have one oh, state word. of a, like a 98-degree differential, but it's about 800 miles, you know, so just think of it, it it's 800 miles from here is whatever, Savannah or Orlando or something. It just doesn't happen on the East Coast. No. So, so the, uh, the, the, the action's been there because this big ridge of high pressure has just been doing its thing for... Uh, months for now, you know, I mean, it's, it's typically set up a Bermuda high in the summertime. And we saw that here in July. I mean, we had like 25 days in the nineties in July and it made for ultimately a normal year or slightly above in terms of 90 degree days. But after that, it was pretty good. And here in August and September and October, always great. So there's been nothing here to indicate. And then with El Nino or La Nina in effect already established, Nothing sets up, but it's the same thing every year, right? It's uh, It comes down to that seven-day window, and it's just a, you need that one lineup. It's that one intersection of uh, storm and cold, and and uh, we kind of like it that way because uh, it tends to get out of here faster, too. It melts, you know. Well, it seems like two cogs going, and then they just, you know, they, they sit there and they graze each other, and then every now and then they just sort of fall into peace. And it's a good it's... analogy, right, versus uh, in other places it's not the cogs, but the gears are always aligned, right? The yeah. cogs are always aligned. Here, it's almost more slightly happenstance, you know, which adds, I think, to the hype and to clearly the unpredictability, but maybe a little bit to the, the magic and the, the mystical nature, like, oh, will it snow? And also why people can't drive and we shut down schools and everything early. So, you know, sure, a ton of things will come out of uh, COVID times that we're in now, and they'll become new norms as we move forward. And and I think one of them will be no no more snow days for kids because why not? If it's snowy, just let them work get from online. home. Get just online, flip it sure. on. And that way you don't have to worry about are they going to push back the end of the year? We've already set vacations. And, you know, like it, this will be, I think, the first five or ten years after this year will be real interesting to see what what becomes the norm. I will now not feel weird or balk at wearing a mask in a public place even in 2021 or beyond because – why not? I'm sure it would cut down on the instances of flu as we deal with every year. It's just healthier. Not that it's going to be like the standard everyday norm like it is now, but I'm not against it and everyone's acclimated. So it's, it's not that big of a deal, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I and I, you know, who I really laud are these servers that are here working an eight hour shift, uh, whether they're retail clerks in the mall or whoever's working on a public facing job that has to wear a mask for eight hours. Now that. I, I was in a mask for about four hours one time, and it was just driving me crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm pulling it off my face, getting gasps. You know, yeah, as opposed to my, you know, my own breath. And uh, but as far as you know, going out and shopping, or uh, you know, I have a tendency to forget them in my car all the time. But it's you know, I get to the front door, and go, oh man, I walk back to the car and get it again. Um, but yeah, put it on, walk into a restaurant sit down at the table and then, you know, you're distant from other diners and everything else. And I, I think, you know, some good things coming out of COVID. I mean, I think dining, I mean, as a new restaurant here, they could probably pack this patio where we are right now, jam full. That's but right. I mean, it's very nice being separated from everybody. I think it makes the whole experience a little bit better. It may not be as good to the owner's bank, you know, yeah. bank account. Um, but I think, you know, you've got a better experience, and I think hopefully more people will be inclined to come out and support, you know, local businesses and everything else. How long do you think we're going to be still in fall before we really see weather? I mean, I, I was out walking this morning, and it was a little brisk. 
little brisk. We're, you know, we're going to have the standard kind of little cold shot. It'll be in the 40s a couple days from now for highs, but it'll be, uh, you know, the 20th, 21st of, of uh, November this weekend, and it, it's going to be sunny in 60s again. So uh, I think we're seeing regularly every month is uh, almost every month of every year is above average at this point temperature-wise, and that's relative to a 30-year rolling historical average, not technically too, uh, rolling, but generally right. a 30-year historical average. So it'll take time for the averages to catch up to the reality, but the, the reality is simple. So, and we've seen a few winters recently, you know, 2015 going into 16. I mean, I think it was 70s or, or 80 around Christmas time, you know, and it's just more and more frequent that it's just warmer, deeper into the year, and then and then recovers better. Once the cold kind of settles in, you know, late December, early January, then it, it gets established. But then it's it's gone by mid-March, you know, and so it, the whole season's been shorter. So you, you really have to either get lucky or have the right setup in advance, a, a kind of El Nino where it sets up the bigger pieces. But otherwise, you know, it's... Uh, it's just winter's like two months long. I think I think you're right. I, I tend to like. I mean, I, I like winter, um, but I think that it's um, it's the transitions that I don't like. I mean, I, I love I, I love I love everything about every season. Let's you know be real. But it's when it goes back and forth. Okay, where I could be out in shorts one day, and then the next day I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is this is so darn cold. I can't wait for spring. But once it gets into winter, I'm I'm usually pretty pretty good with that. Yeah, me too. I, I, I just don't think we'll see anything. Uh, I mean, again, anything can pop up, but I don't have high hopes for much through December. And you really have to kind of target that early January to not even the end of February. I mean, February is a cold month, but God, you start to get to you, once you get into March, the March sun technically is, is the same as really the September or October right. sun. It, it's pretty stout. You know, it has a, a punch to it. The difference is it's kind of like a pool. The uh, It takes time for a pool to warm up, right? So when we open up on Memorial Day, it's cold. Uh, and you just don't want to get in until the end of June kind of thing. And, and it's kind of the same with the air, right? The air above us is like a pool of water. And it takes time for the sun to turn it over. But that doesn't mean the sun's not as strong in March as it is in September or October. It's just that the air has to, to get warmed up in all the layers. And and then we, we establish a warmth through all the layers and then we're off into the warm season. So, no, I think because of that, more moisture in the air, if, if that's, uh, you know, the reality, which it seems to be, then it's harder to kind of cool that down. A, a, a warmer, warmer uh, moister parcel of air is, is warmer than a dry one, right? And that's why in the deserts it goes from 90 to 30 uh, as a regular, right? Because the air is drier and it can kind of convert from one to the other more quickly. And so here we are, you know, we, we have multiple bodies of water around us. Obviously, everyone thinks the bay, you know, the bay's here and thinks that it has this major impact. And, you know, I always downplay it. We do our outlooks and we talk about it. And I'm like, hey, whatever, it might have a, a degree or two difference. But if it's going to snow, it generally snows or it doesn't. It's not the bay really impacting us. But if it adds a little bit of moisture, which it does, um, maybe it has slightly more of an impact than I give it credit for. Well, it's funny. I was on Reddit the other night, and there was a guy that's looking to move to the area and, and specifically asked about the weather. And I told him to go to your website, dcmdvaweather.com. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And um, somebody had answered and said, well, you got to realize that Annapolis lies east of I-95, and that is the dividing line. 
you call for snow, it's going to be here. And he said, but that doesn't mean nobody loses their mind, doesn't lose their mind yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. when we do. Yeah. And then he did say that the bay also tends to, you know, whether it's the pressure or whatever it is, push it and keeps it over 95, whatever it may be. Question for you on, um, and I, I jokingly said that you've been doing the daily news brief uh, weather forecast for four years now. And um, after we had a few technical glitches, I think it was last month, and I stood up and I went to DCMDVAweather.com and got the forecast. I said, damn, I did this pretty good. I need to give her to <laughs> yeah. George's days are numbered. But it's uh, yeah. so, but, the I, I mean, how do you put together all that, the, the daily information? And the website really is very good, as well as the app. And I mean, you know, on, honestly, you know, I, I'm, I'm not touting my own horn, but I thought I did a pretty decent job when I realized like that, you know, Mr. Dropbox decided to crap out on me or whatever, yeah. whatever the problem was, I realized that, okay, well, we're not going to be able to transfer it in time. Okay. Well, let me just go get it and I'll, I'll do it. And I yeah. mean, I thought I did a fairly decent job, which tells me it sounded that, good. You're, I liked that, it. that you're doing a much better job yeah. of yeah. being able to explain it than a lot of the other places. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of information out there on everything, uh, weather included. So there are sites where you can get raw data from from NOAA and from other sources. There, see the are, guy that built the ark. Uh, no, where was it? No, oh, come on. There's a joke that there's Noah, a dad oh, joke Noah, that the failed. The ark, building the ark. <laughs> yeah, you got me. <laughs> that was a good one. You got me. <laughs> Noah with an, uh, two A's on the end, um, like A A Ron from uh, that one show. <laughs> and uh, you know, so there's just a ton of info out there and. But but let's not overcomplicate it. Once you understand the, the bigger pieces, right, and highs and lows and what it all means and the flow of air and how that impacts temperature and, and moisture and, and how those pieces work together, it's fairly easy then to kind of um, put a forecast together for, for basic things. The hardest thing is really a, a snowfall forecast because we're on the dividing line of temperature and, and there's a ton of moisture involved at times using both the the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic, right? And and so one storm could either bring four to eight inches, or if the right things came together, it could be sixteen to twenty inches. You well, know, that's, that's like the guys in Buffalo, man. They got it easy come winter. You know? it's like, yeah, it's got snow. Yeah, it's going to snow. Just uh, <laughs> you know, you know take down, a look down down here. And and I mean, you you know, weather forecasters, meteorologists, but you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, if they blow a forecast, which is very easy to do, they hear it. And I remember you got all pissed off at me when I said you blew it or something like that <laughs> last year. I said, man, what the hell? You know, I said, well, no. Uh, hey, I know. got sideways that's, for a That's minute. a one out of 364, <laughs> so, I mean, we're okay. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, you know, I, I mean, it is it is a difficult area. I mean, I think that certainly in, you know, look at this in the snow belts and, uh, you know, certainly down in uh, Arizona, they're going, yeah, not a lot of chance of snow today. So, yeah. we're, you know. So, I mean, 80 for the next 10 days. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a challenge around here, and, and I, I think the thing that gives me an advantage or, or adds to my accuracy is just I'm from here, so I know you know uh, the history, and I know how the the pieces work together, and 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 I happen to have the technical knowledge just from uh, getting a minor in atmospheric sciences in in college, and uh, but but I know how it goes, you know, and and so. The, in the weather industry community, it's uh, the analogs. They say analogs, analogies, whatever you want to call it. But what are the analogs for this scenario? And, and the real deep nerds in the weather community will be like, oh, this scenario presented itself just like this. 
three days before the storm in 1988, 95, 2002. <laughs> and you know, I remember a lot of storms right. and specific dates and things. I'm not so religious about it when it comes to analogs, but I understand what it means. And, and what it means is what happened in the past when these conditions came together three days out or seven days out? What tricked us then or, or what led us to conclude? Right. And then when you when you see that, chances are this scenario is going to play out the way it did several times before. And we see this in business and sports and whatever. You know, I watch a lot of sports. And, oh, when these two teams came together over the past, you know, this kind of game evolved. Yes, the Super, it doesn't Super, always, the Super Bowl stats. Yeah, it doesn't always pan out that way. So analogs are uh, indicators of what might happen. It's a bit of a bigger chance, just like a winter outlook. Hey, on the whole, we think it's going to be a below average. But it all comes down to the seven-day in-window. In so just because I've seen those things where – you know, anyone in any field, if they have experience and knowledge, they're able to say to anyone else with less experience, hey, I know that looks like A, B, and C is going to occur, but I've seen this dozens of times, watch this play out. And, and a lot of times it tends to play out the way the veteran, just from seeing the, the scenario over and over. Well, I also think that, um, you know, we've always joked about Annapolis having this little bubble. I mean, you know, it's storms all around us and it's like, hey, it's blue skies and, you know. Here it's like you know snow all around us, and yeah, no, it's like I'm in my shorts, and you know. Um, but I think you know what obviously, I in Annapolis does a lot of supporting local, and that's really what it is. All business begins on Main Street, and I think that you know, supporting local as far as weather goes, I mean, that gives you a certain a decided advantage over somebody that's forecasting this out of you know southern Pennsylvania that you know knows where Annapolis is but doesn't necessarily know how it works yeah that's and, it you're right it's uh I, i've thought about expanding and doing different things in different markets you know i went to school in western north carolina at unc Asheville, so have friends that still live there and i thought about launching the same kind of thing there and uh i have not really because i i, I know the area somewhat but I'm not from there. I haven't, I don't have the analog. But you built don't, into you just me. don't know the area. You know, I just don't know the local thing. And, and if I focused on it, you know, 10, 12 hours a day and lived there as forecasters on TV and otherwise do, um, then I would get used to it and I would feel more comfortable. But you have to have a feel for the local area, the terrain, uh, you know, different places, Asheville, North Carolina, for example, is uh, 1700 feet above sea level, whatever it is exactly, but it's in kind of a valley. So it's got this unique thing with different, uh, you know, the, the phrase term is microclimate, you know, like mm -hmm. it's got its own little thing. And, and we see that throughout, you know, Snowshoe, Virginia is another place where it's got this weird kind of setup, you know, Snowshoe, Virginia, West Virginia has this thing where the temperature will really bottom out there because if the wind comes from a certain direction and the wind, uh, the skies are clear. It just tends to exacerbate some kind of like temperature drop. And in October, you'll see eight degrees at snowshoe, you know, something weird out right. of nowhere. So with the bay, it adds a little bit to that. But, you know, we've got mountains. We've got ele mountains west of Frederick. We then have the fall line, which runs the East Coast. And, and that's really the I-95 thing. We talked about right. it in a previous winter outlook and that was from something probably whatever tens of thousands of years ago or millions whatever the 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 period was where you know uh, a mountainous period and a or, or parcel of land came together with the you know the coastal shelf and it created this fall line and it it really helped establish the east coast of the united states they could only go so far up rivers you right. know with boats right. and so they went 
oh, there are the falls. Let's stop here. We can't navigate that. And that's how the cities were built, you know, so D.C. on the Great Falls of uh, Virginia and D.C. and all the way up. You know, you can follow it from the southeast up to the northeast. So that's a that's another component. So you have mountains to the west, the fall line just west of Annapolis, the bay and then the ocean. And really the Gulf of Mexico comes into play, too, because it's a huge conveyor belt of moisture. If the temperature is right over us with a high pressure, ideally to the north or slightly to the northeast, just around kind of, uh, you know, uh, the land of Frankie McDonald in, in right, eastern right. Canada, right? If, if a high pressure sets up there and funnels cold air in at the, the right angle to us while a low pressure comes up from the south, kind of the standard nor'easter, then you, you, you have all of these things coming together, you know, multiple areas of moisture and cold air, and, and then it goes up against the mountain, so it kind of keeps it in place, a little cold air damming uh, of sorts. So it's uh, multiple things. So could I do the same in the, the you know, mountains of the, the Northeast and New Hampshire and Vermont? Maybe. It would take a while, but I, I understand the bigger pieces, and I just know the local area, so it helps a lot. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't be comfortable. I mean, it's 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 all all about local. I'll tell you what. You know, you mentioned you threw a few like factoids and sort of fun fun weather yeah. facts. That sounds like a from. You ought to throw you ought to throw think about throwing some of those in like when you do the daily forecast. It's like you know, do you know that Alaska had a swing of. 800 degrees, you know, whatever it may yeah. be. But. You know, I've gone back and forth with that. I've not really done it, as you you can tell. And uh, I, I'm not against it. It probably would spice it up, make it a little more fun and uh, maybe interesting. Uh, I've, I've stayed local, kind of out of, mm-hmm. you know, homage to the just the, the whole thing that we're doing. It's hyper local and everything. And But I think it it doesn't go outside of uh, kind of what we're trying to accomplish. So I, I think I'll take your advice because you, you brought it up to me recently a couple of times and yeah, it'd be fun. It would just, add just, to I, it, mean, right? I mean, not every day, but I mean, if there's something, if there's something cool, that's like, Oh, Oh my gosh. You know, that, you know, that temperature swing in 800 miles. I think that was you know, it. That, right? that, that, that's something that cool. Up. I mean, okay, fine. It's not about Anne Arundel County or Annapolis, but I think that would make, uh, make some sense there. So, All right. I like um, it. well, I'll tell you, so uh, I'm disappointed in our, semi-annual recording here you know hopefully it's wrong i hate to say that about my own forecast but (laughs) it could be a little bit wrong and i think we'd all be happy just you know if we could get to 12 or 15 you know two two winters ago i was a little more bullish and said 15 to 25 inches and i think we might have snuck in barely with a bunch of one to two inch snowfalls in 2018 into 19 with maybe about 12 to 14 inches it was it was kind of a Almost had, I think we had one snowfall right, of six right, or eight inches. Right, they almost got it. It was almost there. It was almost super accurate, you know, but at least it was active. Last year was just pointless, right? And you try to keep the optimism up. Hey, it's still the middle of February. And at that point, everyone was like, forget it. Check out, you know, and little did we know, you know, COVID was about to hit and it was going to only add to the what what just happened to this year. You know, everyone was just like, bring on spring, because if you don't have a couple of good snows by the 10th or 15th of February. Everyone it's, checks it's out and says, just bring on spring. You know, one thing I would like to see go <laughs> post COVID or not, it would is daylight saving. I just, let's just stay on one time, the later time. I just don't like when it's dark. And this year happens to be the year where it maxes out the darkness because the end of daylight saving time is the first, it is the first Sunday in November, which this year just happened to be November 1st. So this wow. is a fun factoid. 
And the beginning of daylight saving time is the second Sunday in March. This year, the second Sunday is the 14th of March. It's the latest and earliest the bookends could be. And so that adds 12 days of less daylight saving time time to our calendar. So 12 extra days of darkness. And of course, what better year to bring it in than 2020 into 2021. But (laughs) so my countdown is is already on for uh, March 14th because it's uh, it's my favorite, one of my favorite days of the year. Just, uh, you know, it gets people outside, right? And obviously we need that now with uh, COVID, but it just sucks when it's dark. Mar- you know, what you March 14th? March 14th. You know, you sound like that uh, that ditzy girl in, um, what was that movie, the Sandra Bullock movie, where uh, the, the beauty, she was the beauty pageant. Oh, yeah. And she's the FBI. And it's like, what's, describe your ideal date. Hmm, I think it would be like March 12th, because it's not too hot, not too the sweater weather. <laughs> That's funny. That's my birthday, too. It's, so. uh, it's Sounds like I should call her up. Well, I um, am looking forward to seeing whether you are right or wrong. Yeah, me um, too. You know, certainly it's not fair to ask you here in the middle of November to predict what's happening in the middle of January or yeah. February. Um, but it's always nice to get the insight, always nice to catch up again. And yeah. um, certainly uh, make sure you check out DCMBBAweather.com and um, sign up for the, uh, make sure you sign up for the app. And get, get that the app. The Apple, Google App Store. And Apple the, and Google. Um, same thing. DC, MDVA Weather. Same website now. Um, you know, Facebook and, and Twitter. Uh, they just continue to grow. Not a ton of marketing. It's word of mouth and different things. And it steadily grows. I, you know, I used to be fixated on it at the start, just checking the numbers out. And now I hardly look. And when I do, I'm like, oh, 50 people or 100 more people or two more people. It doesn't matter. I just, it's kind of cool. It's become its own self perpetuating kind of self-sufficient thing which for me is maybe the biggest sign that it's viable and people like it i'm gonna say consistency and accuracy is probably what's it helps. what's driving that more than <laughs> um more than anything and and i will say that you know your your twitter feed is very useful if you don't subscribe to if you're on twitter and you don't subscribe to the apps yeah. and all that stuff definitely put them in in one of your favorites or in one of the lists that you make just because you know, when those storms came in last night, I mean, you were right on it. And it was like, hey, the line's here. And, and, and certainly when we do have crazy weather, and, and that will happen, you know, seven or eight times a year, yeah. uh, you, you totally get on it. Whether it be a hurricane that's coming up this past, like this past year, we had a couple of, they sort of petered out. But, I mean, yeah. you were there and it was like, okay, okay, this is going away. And it's, yeah, yeah. you know, so real good. You want to make sure you get the app. You want to make sure you check out the website, DCMDVA Weather. But more importantly, you want to make sure you check out the Daily News Brief every Monday through Friday. And we've got George that is there. Uh, I would say every Monday, but, you know, there's technology that screws us up. <laughs> but overall, I think that makes like three or four days tops that somehow it wasn't there in, in three plus years, almost four years. Yeah, like, I, I think, We've barely missed. I, I think there was one time where you forgot to push like send yeah, and, and yeah, another the, time the when I forgot button. to push receive. I think all of them have been human error, and but we blame it on the technology and feel better about it. None yeah. of it was human error. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always blame technology. Right. Damn you, Zuckerberg. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. Uh, George, thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to uh, throw in? No, I, I think that's great. I, uh, the, um, you know, it's it's been going great and seems to keep grow, growing. And, and always the last thing to throw in, John, would be, 
you know, I always do snowfall prediction contests when it, whenever a storm appears to be coming around. I heard you're giving away a Ferrari this year. Is a there Ferrari, yeah, it might be a, a miniature model, but uh, I can do that. And, you know, usually it's a 25 or $50 gift card, Amazon or a local business or something to that effect. And, and it's always fun. You know, there seems to be 100 to 200 people uh, join in and it's like, hey, predict down to the 10th of an inch what the measured snowfall at BWI or Reagan National would be. And, it just kind of gamifies the weather, but it also helps raise awareness and it, it helps keep, keep people kind of in tune. And uh, maybe that otherwise would be like, ah, whatever, it'll snow or not snow. And, and so people track the numbers and, uh, you know, it, it builds a little excitement on top of the natural hype. So they just tend to get a little more popular and uh, been doing it the whole time. And uh, they're fun. So they're always on Facebook. I might I might put it up on Twitter, but reference, you know, you got to sign up on Facebook. So obviously we're winter outlook here and, and that's the fun thing for the winter. So keep an eye out for contests. That'd be cool. I, I will make sure I do that. And I'll make sure that we uh, share that on the daily news brief and stuff like that, that we do that as well. Right. George, thank you so much for everything you've done over the years. I appreciate it. The uh, I appreciate you, the accuracy, uh, the consistency and everything else. And I think, um, you know, you, anytime you want to see the weather, it's it's immediately right there. You don't need to go on to you wait till the guy shows up on the news or anything like that. And it's a guy that George is the guy that lives right here in the community. So it's uh, local business supporting local business, local weather. And it's what it's all about being local. As we roll into the Christmas season, uh, I can't implore everybody enough to really support your local businesses. They've taken a real bad hit with COVID. Uh, they're can, about ready to take another real bad hit, I'm afraid. And um, there's going to be a lot of businesses that aren't going to be around when we come out of this thing. And so it is super important to make sure you get out there uh, as long as you feel safe to do it and, and you're not, you know, you're healthy enough to do it and everything else. But you know, support the local businesses. The big, you know, the big department stores are going to be able to take their money and they're going to take it back to their headquarters and whatnot. But if you get a local business, you're employing your neighbor. Uh, you're allowing their kids to go to baseball camp. They're, uh, it, and the, and the money, more money stays here within the community. And that's what really makes everything tick. And that's the heartbeat of America. This podcast sponsored by Chevrolet, the heartbeat of America. <laughs> I don't know where it goes, but yeah. So, but George, again, thank you very much. And, um, we will touch base again really soon, but yep. until then we'll see you tomorrow on the daily news brief. Tomorrow it is. Thanks. John. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at IonAnnapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.